1: deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, John McClain. Welcome
2: welcome to Utopia Talk. Hi, John. You ready to do a pregame six-pack for this uh, panthers Texans game coming up? Number one versus number two. Draft picks, not teams in the NFL, but uh, Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud. Of all the games on the schedule, this was definitely one, John, before the season that we put the circle around because of this quarterback matchup. Little did we know the Texans would be a relevant team in the playoff hunt in the AFC. You ready to do a little pregame six-pack action, my friend? Let's do it. All right, so we pick six people, storylines, position groups, however we want to do it, but six things that are going to most highly impact the Texans game on Sunday. The Texans, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite right now in Charlotte uh, this Sunday against the Panthers. You can hear the game at noon on Sports Radio 610. John, you go first, as always, in our pregame six-pack.
3: First, remind the listeners and viewers what happened the last time they were favored on the road.
2: Last time the Texans were favored on the road would be Week 14 <laughs> of 2020 Ooh. in Chicago against Ooh. the Bears, quarterbacked by Mitchell Trubisky, and the Bears won 36 to seven that day. Texans okay. were favored by one point.
3: Yes, they they cannot have that kind of performance. No, uh, I was listening to NFL Radio and Charlie. Weiss, uh, one of their experts, picked the Panthers because he said they have to win this game. They have to go all out. You know, they're an underdog at home. It's always an embarrassment. But I'm going to say this. They got to get a better pass rush. They're getting pressure. Will Anderson Jr. gets great pressure, but they have the fewest sacks in the NFL. which is amazing because usually they're plus six in turnover differential, tied for second. Usually when you're that good in turnover differential, you're getting sacks and strip sacks, and they are not. So Will Anderson Jr. and Jonathan Grenard got to get to Bryce Young, not just to put pressure on him, but get him down. They have to do their part on defense to make sure that Bryce Young does not outplay C.J. Stroud.
2: Yeah, they need to pulverize Bryce Young. Bryce Young needs to feel this game afterwards uh, in his tiny little bird frame. So I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, Sparrow.
3: sparrow. (laughs) That's terrible.
2: A hummingbird. (laughs) All right. Coming Uh, from two
3: guys on a soda weight loss program. No kidding.
2: Hey, that's right. (laughs) If Will can't get him on the ground, you and I will come in and do the Yokozuna bonsai drop on him. There you go. Uh, there's a lot less of us to love now, people. Just so you know, than there was for me a few years ago, and for John a few months ago. Um, all right, my first one here in the six pack, number two overall, um, is the Texans, the wide receiving core, but particularly the return of Tank Dell. Tank Dell's coming back this week. Of course, he was concussed in the Atlanta game. He missed the New Orleans game. They knew he'd be good to go for this game, with the, especially with the bye week in between. I think having Tank Dell back there is going to – he's the one guy that really opens things up for the Texans. He gets open himself, Um, and this is a horrible, horrible Panthers secondary when it comes to covering wide receivers. They have among the worst stats in the league when it comes to passer rating and yardage generated. Uh, Passer rating, you know, targeting wide receivers and yardage generated by wide receivers per game. The Panthers are among the worst in the league, and John, these are their backup backups. This the Panther secondary is in the same condition the Texans offensive line was like two weeks into the season. They are playing street guys right now, so CJ Stroud should be able to light it up throwing to Nico Collins and Tank Dell on Sunday. So that's my first one. I think I think they got a. I think this could be a fireworks display passing wise for the Texans.
3: The offensive line has got to control Brown and Burns, who are two really good pass rushers from inside and outside say this about the receivers. We were worried about it so much early besides tank Dale, Nico Collins, Noah Brown came back last week had a 31 yard catch. Yeah. Dalton Schultz is now making big catches in every game, especially down the middle. Xavier Hutchinson carried twice on reverses that tank Dell was doing and he ran them better than tank Dell. So uh, I think Ben McDaniels, the wide receivers coach is doing a terrific job with these guys and then Bobby Sloig's making good calls for them so I think they'll get the ball to Tank as a runner and as a passer and I would send him deep right off the bat to make sure the Panthers know he's capable of doing that
2: I like that I like where your head's at on that John what's your next one in the six pack here
3: two weeks to prepare because of the bye week the running game has not been good it's actually better than it was this time last year I looked it up about three yards better, even though it's terrible. And so I think this, I think with two weeks to get ready, we're going to see Damian Pierce have his best game. Devin Singletary will have another good game after the last one, in which he was the leading rusher. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see the running game going against the 31st run defense. They're giving up 140, I think, seven yards a game on the ground. They have to be able to run against the Panthers. They're going to have an intact offensive line for the third week in a row. I believe Um, who's playing left guard?
2: for the Texans. Yeah. Is Josh Uh, Jones. No, Titus. I'm sorry. Titus. Yeah. Yeah,
3: So I keep thinking, would they put Josh Jones there? Like did at one point move Titus back to right tackle, but if they keep it the way it was with Titus and fan third week in a row. So they're getting some continuity. So I look for the running game to be best at any, at any time this season.
2: Okay. So John, if my prediction with my first six pack entry comes, comes true, and yours just now comes true. The Texans are going to basically put up about seven hundred yards on the Panthers. Throw the ball for about
3: forty minutes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, well, you've got them with a buck fifty rushing, and I've got CJ throwing for three hundred in a fireworks display. So they're going to get. And they could too. They could get 450, 500 yards of offense uh, against this defense. It's not a good defense. This Panthers. Wouldn't
3: that be defense. fun to watch?
2: Oof, you got that right, my friend. All right, my next one, John. The Texans' linebacking crew, and particularly. Covering tight ends. They've been among the worst in the league in covering tight ends so far this season. We saw it probably most magnified against the Falcons in week five, where their tight ends went for, I think, 14 catches for a buck 75. They couldn't stop Johnu Smith and Kyle Pitts. Um, Michael Pruitt even got involved with a play in that game. And then last week they got eaten up by Taysom Hill, you know, in kind of you know short yardage move the chain situation. So the Texans linebacking crew, I've been telling people all week, like if Hayden Hurst is available on your fantasy free agency wire, pick him up because if the trend holds Hayden Hurst of the Panthers is going to have his best game of the year because the Texans give up a ton of yards and catches him. I think part of that probably, John, is the then but don't break philosophy. You know, that interior, that middle part of the field, D'Amico has typically left open in his defense because he's, he, D'Amico seems perfectly happy giving up seven or eight yard catches. If it means that the safeties and the linebackers get to abuse a guy in that kill zone right there. The problem for the Texans is that they haven't been able to contain that position the last couple of weeks. You know, they've been, the tight ends have been making those intermediate catches, but they've been productive plays. So control the tight end, because I think this is a wide receiver wise. I think this is a group that the Texans can control in the secondary, but let, don't let the tight ends beat you in this game.
3: Uh, They better at some point now, They've move, teams, move the ball down the field. The Texans have given up 18.8 points a game. That's seventh in the NFL. They mm-hmm. also are 11th in red zone defense. They're still awful in red zone offense, but, uh, so they do give up yards, but then they, they, uh, they get so much better when they get closer to the end zone. My next one is going to be, uh, Special teams because I, even though you'd like to think they blow them out like they did in Jacksonville, it's more likely to come down to the end and um, have a chance to win it with a field goal by Kymie Fairbairn, who's been fantastic. He's only missed one field goal this season. He's perfect on extra points. I think, again, because of problems in the red zone on offense, he's going to have a lot of field goal opportunities, and he's going to have a chance to be a difference in the game. You said the spread now is up to three and a half points. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all. It doesn't come down to a Fairbairn kick. They have an advantage in the kicking game. They're – Opponents' punt returns, and this includes Ty Zettner, opponents' punt returns are only 4.8 yards, which makes the Texans second in the NFL. So they're not giving up field position on punts, and that has a lot to do with Frank Ross and his strategy. So I think special teams in general and kicking game in particular.
2: I just checked. It's actually down to three now, the spread on the game. So that that half point's a big half point in a game that – could get decided by three points. So Texans, a three-point favorite as of uh 24 minutes into this podcast here. Um, My last one, John, is not necessarily a player or a position group. I'm just anxious to see how the Texans come out in this game in the first quarter and what their, their energy level is in this game. And here's why. This is the first time, as you pointed out or had me point out a few minutes ago, this is new territory for the Houston Texans and this group of Texans where they're the ones with the target on their back. They're the favorite in this game. And they're the favorite in what hostile environment Maybe overstating it. I don't know if Carolina is viewed as one of those places. that's really hard to go play, but it is a road game. Uh, you know, so it's a road game. They're favored in this game. You, they've had a whole bye week to sit there. And, and if they're on the internet, read about how surprisingly awesome they've been over the last four weeks of the season, I'm just, I'm very intrigued to see how the Texans handle the plethora of press clippings that are available out there for them to read about how good they've been so far this year. Because the human tendency is that when you read that stuff, it injects complacency. So, how well does D'Amico Ryans do? A, handling the bye week and the extra time to prepare. Hopefully, that manifests itself in the run game, like you said, that they fixed some technical things with the team. But how has he managed those two weeks with this team in terms of motivation and making sure that? Full. I'm optimistic that it's going to look good. I, I, D'Amico strikes me as a guy who is who who has his team's attention first and foremost and is a very good communicator. So I'm optimistic it'll be good. I'm just intrigued because it's been a long time, a long time, since we've been in this sort of territory with this group of Texans.
3: They should be 4-2. and two. They should have won that game in Atlanta. There's no reason they shouldn't win this game in Carolina. They have committed the fewest turnovers in the NFL thanks to yep. C.J. Stroud. And even though they don't get a lot of turnovers, that's why they're plus six. I'll tell you something that I'll, you can look up, not right now, but I'll be interested in, is, okay, we know the last time they were favored on the road and what happened. When's the last time they were favored on the road and covered?
2: Uh, the, I'm guessing weeks,
3: 2019.
2: No, no, no. Three weeks before that, they were favored Thanksgiving Day in Detroit. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were, favored I didn't the realize field. they
3: were favored. That was that game. Watson was just fantastic.
2: Yeah. Well, John, and that was a game. JJ Watt had a pick six in that game, also. Like, that's what's weird about that season. It just goes to show you, like, you know, and you can see why Bill O'Brien got fired. He got fired four games into that season. But that, that was a team, the Texans, that even though at that juncture in the season, when they're playing Detroit in, on Thanksgiving Day and they're playing Chicago in week 14, I mean, at that point, the Texans are probably four and seven, or four and eight, or maybe three and seven on the season. Because I think that was their, you know, that was their fourth win that Detroit game. Um, they were still getting the level of respect that they're a favorite on the. If you're a favorite on the road against anybody, and you're three or four games below five hundred in November. Then clearly, there's an issue going on with the coaching because they don't view your talent level as one that should be losing all these games, but yeah, it was to answer your question long, long way to answer your question, but it was, yeah, it was three weeks before that on Thanksgiving Thanksgiving day in Detroit. They were favored and they won 41, 25.
3: Uh, you know, they don't give a damn about covering in Carolina. They just want to win.
2: They no, I, John, I'll tell you this before we get to our, for real or fugazi, we had Kyle Bailey on our show this morning. Seth and I did Kyle does the afternoon show on WFNZ in Charlotte. That's our sister station, our odyssey station in Charlotte. And he, Kyle's a great host. I was on his show yesterday and he was with us this morning and I asked him the very last question I asked him, John, I said, I said, would, would Panther fans rather have Bryce Young throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns in a losing effort or have Carolina win the game? He didn't even let me finish the question. He's like, yeah, the Bryce Young. Yes. We just want Bryce Young to look good. We don't care if we win the game because it doesn't impact them. (laughs) They don't they don't have their, you know, like the winning and losing thing. Like they're, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs. There's no incentive. like That's there's no incentive to lose, I guess, because Chicago has their pick. So the whole winning and losing thing for them is kind of, they just need Bryce Young. They just need to feel like they, they have a quarterback, you know? And, and so they're, they, they're not as focused on a win in this game as they are making sure They'd rather have Bryce Young win the per- the personal battle with C.J. Stroud than the Panthers win the game against the Texans.
3: Yeah, you know Stroud would uh, obviously give up that personal battle Dude, for another win.
2: Stroud would throw for 112 yards and three picks if the Texans won the game 13-12. to 12. Yeah, You know absolutely. what I mean? 100%. That's what I love about him. All right. Um, what's your prediction on the game, John?
3: I'm picking the Texans to win this game 23-20. to 20.
2: I think they're going to score 30 points in this game. I'm going to go. Ooh, I 30. hope you're right. Jacksonville I, yeah, I, all over again. I think they're I, I think they're going to score a lot of points, John. I think this is a secondary that can be had. And I think the I think the extra week off as you to your point is going to help the running game. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to go 31 to 19.
3: Ooh, I hope you're story. right. That'll be fun.
2: Yeah, it would be fun. A whole lot of fun. And then four and three going into a home game against the Bucks. And then Coming we're done with the me.
3: Lost to the Bills.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then we're done with the NFC South, and now it's all AFC games the rest of the way. That's that's, that's crazy fun.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?